This is Democracy, a podcast that explores the interracial, intergenerational, and intersectional unheard voices living in the world's most influential democracy. Welcome to our new episode of This is Democracy. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about unions. Uh, We've just celebrated Labor Day which is a very important moment in our history and in our society. And we live in a time when uh, unions are present, but not often understood or discussed enough. And their role in our society, the role uh, unions have played, will play, and continue to play uh, in the growth of our democracy is going to be our discussion today. Uh, We have with us some uh, fantastic experts to talk about these issues. Uh, We have Yvonne Flores, uh, who's the president of the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees. She's the president of Local 1624, which is for uh, the city of Austin and Travis County. Welcome, Yvonne. Thank you so much for letting me be here with you today. I'm very excited. Very happy to talk about unions. Well, we're delighted that you're here. Thank you. And uh, we also have my colleague and friend, uh, Professor Jackie Jones. Uh, she's a chair, the, the chair of the Department of History here at the University of Texas. Uh, she's also the president-elect of the American Historical Association. And among the many uh, great books that Jackie has written, uh, she's written quite a lot about unions in American history. Uh, Jackie, welcome. Thanks, Jeremy. It's great to be here. Wonderful to have you on. We have, of course, our scene-setting poem from Mr. Zachary Suri. Uh, Zachary, what's the title of your poem? Images of Madison, 2011. Let's hear it. From the very beginning, I have been touched by unions. Five years old when I started kindergarten in Madison, Wisconsin, birthplace Bethlehem for progressivism. And one of my earliest memories is of walking the Capitol grounds, holding my father's hand, watching my teachers strike, strike with big handwritten signs against the cold locked doors. And from the very beginning, I have seen the look, the faces of so many, and I have understood what it means to be united, 100,000 people marching up State Street towards the center of my state. And staring from above so many years later, I can see myself, my very facial expressions, unfold, molded in wonderment at the familiar face of my teacher, folded in a tight windbreaker against the winter wind. And it takes a kind of courage to stand in a Wisconsin winter and scream about truth against someone who will not listen. And it takes a particular kind of certainty to close schools for days on end, to change the course of a thousand kids' education, and it shows a special type of power. And I can still see that image today, pizza boxes being passed deep into the gathering crowds, a whole city shut down for the sake of education, the cause of public sector unions publicly displayed in the union between the gathered people of so many different sectors of industrial Wisconsin beneath barren trees. And there is some early odds pop song whose name I can't remember, whose lyrics in my mind will always be the chanting interpretation of the unions in the Capitol ground. That brings back a lot of memories. Wow. That was great. Great set. What is your poem about, Zachary? My poem was really about this personal experience I had when I was five years old in Madison, Wisconsin. But uh, more so, it's about how unions touch all of us in like our daily lives. Uh, whether we see them as good or bad, it's something that like very much influences our society and us as people. Excellent. And that's a perfect place for us to turn to you, Yvonne. Uh, many people uh, might not have even heard of Ask Me which is, I believe, the largest uh, union in the United States now. Uh, what, what does your union do? Uh, my union here locally in Austin, we actually represent um, between 3,200 and 3,300 union members, and that includes specifically City of Austin and Travis County employees. I've been the president for about a year, and what's really what we do is we b- basically offer um, 
it's basically a democracy where we come together and we have elections. And the elections are very important on who serves on the board. We also have elections on who we're going to be supporting and endorsing for local um, government elections, which is really important. And I think that's um, one of the things that I'm very passionate about because um, union has to have the political muscle uh, that's sitting in the local offices that are going to be standing on our issues. And so whether it's wages or increase in health insurance or safety at the workplace, I mean, all of that does um, all of that matters, because if you have a political person with you that's going to be standing on those issues, um, it gives us a voice. Um, but if we have somebody who's not going to be standing with those issues, it, we're pretty much powerless. So um, I'm very proud to say that out of the five um county commissioner positions, we have at least three that are ASME 1624 union members. And um, the city council, um, I know for a fact that we have at least nine out of the 10 that are union members. But it's basically all of us coming together and having an elective voice um, that is very important to our positions and our jobs. And and you you made the connection to democracy, which is obviously crucial to us, uh, all as citizens, and particularly this podcast. How do you make sure that your union is representative of the voices of workers, because one of the stereotypes is that unions sometimes in in, in the past have not been as representative. Right. Well, I think it's very important because of the fact that the people that serve on our board are City of Austin employees and Travis County employees. That's first and foremost. I mean, in order to serve on the board, in order to be an active union member with 1624, you have to be a a year in good standing union member paying your dues. Um, So it's not like the general public. I mean, these are employees that are actually working. I'm a rank and file officer. I mean, rank and file employee myself. I've been with Travis County for 19 years. Um, I'm an administrative associate with Travis County Health and Human Services. Um, And so that is important to me. You know, it's something that's just not like of the mindset that, you know, in the political realm, it's just so depressing because you see all the money that has to be involved and how much has to be donated and the election campaign and all that. And this is what's really awesome is the fact that these are just working class people that are coming to the table together about issues that are important to them. And then we take it to the next level on how we can initiate and implement those for them. That's a great description. Uh, Jackie, uh, as a historian who's studied unions, uh, how do we understand their their place in American history? Well, first of all, I think we should go back and look at the stereotype of the union worker. Uh, many people, when they think of unions, think of a factory worker, right. a man, a white man. Uh, and that actually was true for many years. It's uh, over the last couple of decades, obviously, that the union movement in this country has been transformed. And now um, it is a more diverse movement. Women, like Yvonne, play uh, a really important important role as leaders. We can look at uh, SEIU, the Service Employees uh, International Union. Um, The locus of union activity, um, to some extent, is Nevada with service Mm. workers, the hotel, the hospitality industry. So the the face of uh, the union movement has changed. Zachary's poem was about teachers. And teachers uh, throughout the country over the last few years have shown what 
power there is in collective action and work stoppages and political clout and bringing their issues to the public. So it is a more diverse movement. I I mean, in a way, it's a sad story about unions for much of American history. They were very discriminatory. Right. They kept black people out. They kept white women out. And they tended to um, be, be fraternities in a certain way. Uh, so this this is all very um, hopeful. On the other hand, the height of the union movement in terms of numbers was around 1955, when 35% or so of all American workers belonged to a union. Today, it's about 10.5%. And I think uh, public employees are more union unionized than uh, the employees of private companies today. The union movement is under assault. It really is under assault by uh, the powers that be. And it's um, faces it faces specific challenges. We're in a gig economy right. where so many people are solo operators, and they don't have the protection that a union would afford them. And there is, I think, a lot of there are a lot of misapprehensions about unions, misunderstandings about what they do. But um, they've been a critical part of American history. And just one other thing: uh, between about 1945 and 1980, we had what was called the Great Compression, and that was a time in American history when inequality was not as great as it had been, and it was not as great as it is today. And unions are a major factor in the Great Compression. It's when we um, find President Reagan in the 1980s going after the air traffic controllers that this uh, public uh, animosity almost toward unions really kicks in. So we should realize um, that unions are a great anti-poverty strategy, that they advocate for a higher uh, minimum hour hourly wage. And really, workers have um, have a very difficult time having their voices known and uh, making their um, demands known without the backing of a union. Absolutely. And and it, it's important to reaffirm, Jackie, that uh, the the, the data speaks for itself that the rise in union membership in the United States after World War II correlates with decreasing inequality. Mm-hmm. It also correlates with American economic growth. Mm-hmm. So we have this period that you referred to in the 1940s and 50s when the economy is growing, uh, the average wage goes up, uh, and the average worker or more workers work for unions, and inequality decreases in, right. in American society. Jackie, why why do so few people know that? Why, why do these facts that, that you and I take for granted, why do they not get talked about more? I think there is a general idea that we're all individuals and that there's something inherently un-American about people joining together and engaging in collective action. That prejudice against unions is long-standing. If we go back to the late 19th century, the uh, effort to organize unions was a bloody one. A lot of resistance from corporate leaders who hired private security forces and could rely on local police forces. This notion that somehow all workers um, prosper or don't because of their own individual effort, I think 
makes a lot of people suspicious of unions, Mm -hmm. which is so ironic because corporate power in this country has always been collective, right? right? Um, We've always seen corporations banding together. um, Chambers of commerce, for example. Exercising, yeah, bringing these companies together. And the idea that you should have an individual worker uh, standing alone against these uh, vast forces <laughs> is uh, really quite striking and not at all uh, conducive to equality or democracy. Mm-hmm. And, and Jackie, as a historian, what do you say in response to those who argue, well, unions reduce uh, efficiency, unions reduce uh, innovation? I just don't see the logic of that argument. What happens, obviously, is that employers feel they have an incentive to mechanize, to automate, to use robotics, to increase efficiency and productivity, and in the process to eliminate the jobs of working class people. So there is a tension, obviously, within capitalism, which seeks efficiency, which seeks stability and predictability on the one hand, and the well-being of working class people in this country. So if we, but if we want to look in and say, um, well, what, <clears throat> what, Uh, advantages workers, uh, increases in wages, increases in benefits, better working conditions, safer working conditions, those things are only secured through union activity, it seems to me, at least historically. Right, right. Yvonne, do you find, especially in a state like Texas, that you face a lot of resistance as a union organizer and leader? I think locally I don't. I love the fact that um, with the Central Labor Council here in Austin, ASME is actually the biggest one that represents that council. And we just had our fish fry this past oh. Friday, August 30th. Um, I heard about it. Yeah, August 31st. I'm I sorry. the fish and was great. It was great, and we had an awesome turnout. But again, and that's what union means to me. It You walk out of there so rejuvenated and with such high morale because you see these union brothers and sisters coming together with public officials that know that they need us when it comes to election time. Mm-hmm. And everyone was given an opportunity to speak. And again, it's like a morale booster because that is what matters is the fact that people are listening to us as workers. And um We have elections coming up. I think that's why it's really important that on my stance is that I try and get people involved with the voting initiative. You know, Texas is one of the states that has the lowest voter turnout, and that is sad. And so we try and connect the the union um, strength that we have and connecting it with the initiative and getting people out to vote because we can't wait till after the damage is done that we get somebody representing an office that's going to be totally against our issues. Um, But I think... Locally, you know, the Central Texas local government level um, with unions, I feel very positive about it. I mean, I've been part of the union since 2006. I served on the board as a Travis County representative and then recording secretary and now president. And I've seen the increase. And I think it's very important to state right now that the younger generation are totally making an impact with labor unions, which gives me so much hope. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's probably connected to the fact that Bernie Sanders in 2016 
was, I mean, he's been a social activist since the get-go. Right. So whatever anybody wants to say about him, the bottom line is, is like, if you study unions, like, you know, the sanitation workers of 1968 with Martin Luther King, sure. Ask Me was there. Yeah. And you talk, you look and read and study about Cesar Chavez. You know, he had a great power in organizing the farm workers, which was something that was unheard of at the time. And so the history of unions where it's just bringing the working class to the table and having a voice and it's minorities, it's females, it's working class people. That's what's so important. And that's what we need to focus on. Right, right. Jackie, you, you referred uh, obviously correctly to some of the discrimination within unions. But of course, unions have been central to the civil rights movement and to many other progressive movements, right? Yes. Um, well, we can look at uh, A. Philip Randolph's uh, Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters in the 1920s, uh, barred from uh, all white unions and really concentrated in this job of sleeping car porters. Uh, these men created a, a really powerful and influential union, not only in the workplace, but also politically as well. And of course, A. Philip Randolph was the person who led the March on Washington movement in 1941 to make sure that defense industries were open and non-discriminatory. So there's a really close relationship between union activity on the part of African Americans and uh, politics in this country. He was also one of the organizers of the 63 March on Washington, right, yep. right where Martin Luther King right. gives his famous I Have a Dream right. speech. Um, do, do you find, uh, Yvonne, that, that young people really are getting more involved with unions? Oh, you absolutely. made reference to that. I mean, um, Again, when we went to the ALEC rally that happened here in Austin a couple of weeks ago, it was amazing to see all the young faces. And the the thing that I find so like invigorating is that they're connecting world and national issues with unions, you know, um, having serious issues about taking care of our planet. Right. And so the whole wind and solar energy, I mean, they're connecting that and that is connected to jobs. And so you have the New Deal, right? The Green New Deal, which is like really imperative because, you know, a lot of people are thinking the negative, thinking, oh, that's going to be a job killer. When in actuality, if you really look at some of the policies that they're trying to push forward to, it's actually going to be a job creator. Um, so that to me is important because, for me as a union president, it's about taking care of our workers. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to make sure it's going to be them being able to provide for their families. And so... And you mean all workers? All workers. Even those who aren't members of your All union, workers, right. Like, absolutely. Because at the end of the day, you know, people can say that it's about different things. But I, as a single mom with two kids... Mm -hmm. You know, my job is important. Sure. Having insurance for my children is very important. And so these are things that impact me. So outside of that realm, especially when you go to the Capitol and you start hearing other things that I'm like, that does not even apply to me and my family. Mm. And what's connected to me and my family are union issues, which is jobs, which is benefits and which is wages. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are going to be the top three mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everybody should be able to, you know, work to live, not live to work. Right, right. Why is it uh, that so many working class people don't see this? I mean, there, there seem to be a lot of working class voters who vote for people who are anti-union. 
I think it's very difficult in some workplaces to actually uh, form a union and join one. I mean, there are a lot of employers who go out of their way to say to uh, workers, uh, you know, if you join a union, uh, your um, benefits are going to disappear. Your uh, we're going to take our production offshore. All sorts of awful things will happen. You'll, you're not loyal to the country. We're a, a company. We're a family here. Um, you, this is a really bad idea. I mean, these campaigns against unions right. within individual workplaces are quite powerful. And that's that's one thing. And I think people think, um, oh, gee, if somehow I lose this job, uh, there are a lot of people who are ready to take my job. And it's we live in a culture that really does not uh, promote the idea that unions are a great thing. I mean, look at all the states that pass right-to-work yeah, laws. Including Texas. The idea that, you know, um, you can get the benefits from a union, but you don't have to pay the dues, for example. And it, that helps to erode the influence and the power of the unions. As you were saying, Yvonne, you know, one of the, one of the key... Um, uh, points about unions is their political clout, the ability to influence elections to say workers want a voice in this particular election. That takes money, right? And if you don't have the dues, you don't have the money to make that that statement. So, uh, you know, I think for workers today, you know, those who are just getting by, um, you know, those who work in, say, the fast food industry, right. those who um, in, are in the gig economy, it's it's hard. They're just making ends meet. And and I think they get a lot of pushback about this idea of joining together in a group, in a union. Sure. Well, and I think the term itself, right to work, mm-hmm. is deceitful yeah. as of it course. can get. You right, know, like right. anybody off the street when they hear right to work and it's like, that's my Who's right to work. To right. Yeah. <laughs> and little do they know that yeah. it's the complete opposite. Right. That yeah. it's, it's taking away your voice and it's taking away your workers' mm-hmm. rights on things that should be an issue. And if you work in an environment where it's the management saying, you know, you keep your mouth shut and just do your job or you can get fired at will so to speak. I mean, it, it's very, there, there is a group of people out there who are totally anti-union. Right. And I think it's important, again, why we should have um, union history in our schools. Absolutely. And that's why it's important that the, the the initiative that I just read, you know, ACLU has a high school coordinator position open because they're actually trying to get the high school people, you know, mobilized and energized because it's a very important and a very big deal to be able to do your civic duty in voting. Right. right. And, I, and I think uh, what's clear in our history is uh, there have always been these conflicts over yes. unions and unions like other institutions, uh, they rise and fall and rise again. Yep. And it's important for people to understand that history and understand perhaps the necessary tension yep. between uh, the business owners and union workers as such there is there is perhaps a balance there that needs well, to be and people struck. really need to see the facts in that if you go back and you look at perhaps maybe the last 20 or 30 years look at how ceo pay has just sure. skyrocketed and look how stagnant the working pay is just like it's just the same and that right there i mean nobody should have to have a debate about anything right. you're you're looking at your paycheck when you see numbers right. like that just just to put a number on it in the last i think 30 years ceo pay has now reached on average 30 times that of a, of a worker and worker pay has actually uh, stagnated and adjusted for inflation also what does it say that you know there is a rise in public you know, um, 
and, and a public voice that they do support unions because now recently in the news you hear all the CEOs from I, I don't know if you heard about that mm-hmm. but now they're saying the shareholders not the priority you know they're like concerned about the workers and want to take care I mean there's a reason why they're saying and doing that now you know I think there really is an increase in the notability of unions and that's because we have people that are just really upset they're tired of having to do more than one job right. I mean I know people in my family and and people in my neighborhood who have to do at least two jobs just to make ends meet. And that says something about our workforce. Mm. And, you know, Jeremy, we talk about democracy. Well, most workplaces are not democracies, right? I mean, it is ironic in this country where we like to think that uh, we can help shape our own environment, that workplaces are often tyrannical places. You're told where to be, at what time, uh, how long to do this, in some cases, whether you can take a bathroom break or not, how much time you have for lunch. These are very difficult work sites People spend a great deal of their working hours in these workplaces, and yet they have very little say over their own lives. And, uh, you know, what is um, a good way to handle this job? What is a bad way? You know, most employers say, do it, or we'll find someone else to do it. So uh, I just think the workplace is is a, a kind of ironic place if we talk about democracy. Sure. sure. And and in a sense, uh, attacks on unions are attacks on one of the, the hinges for some kind of democracy mm-hmm. in the world. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. when it comes to unions um, and our general membership meetings and our um, candidate endorsement screenings, and even at our executive boards, I mean, no decision is made unless it's done in a democratic process, process where everyone raises their hands and say, says either yay or nay. That's democracy. It's not one person calling the shots. It's a group effort. It's a team effort. You didn't have the Electoral democracy. College put you in power? Oh, <laughs> and, there, the, and, and also, I think, it's, I, I think I heard something on NPR the other day, and that is that unions actually benefit people who are, who, who, who are not even involving themselves in the democratic sure. process of unions. Because like unions, even though they represent about 10% of the workforce, still uh, set the wages and the standards for everyone else in, in the workforce. Sure. And that's something that that continues to influence everyone. So, Zachary, are young people like you uh, interested in unions? Is this something you talk about at school? Do you learn about it at school? Um, I actually, uh, not to sound morbid or anything, but I do think that there is a real, real lack of understanding of what unions do. I think by me- even young people who are were Bernie Sanders supporters or see themselves as very, very progressive uh, don't really understand unions and see them as very archaic institutions. And I think that that's like a real problem of our education system because because when history is taught, it's not necessarily taught. Um, it, it's not really the, the story of progressivism and the birth of unions and also unions today aren't really taught as much as it used to be. And I think also part of that is that less people are involved in unions, so they're not passing on those values to their well, and kids. And the image, right, Zachary, for, yeah. you, for people who want to go into the gig economy, as Jackie said, right, unions don't don't look like conducive institutions, yeah. and right? No, and no one, see, no one sees them anymore as, as, as I feel like they used to, as, as, as idealistic institutions. They're seen more as sort of pragmatic ones that, that often don't work and are over-bureaucratic. So, Yvonne, how are you going to change that? How are you going to continue to attract young people by making your union appear more more exciting, more 
Uh, well, modern. I can honestly say that, like, since I've been part of Ask Me and our general membership meetings and a lot of the events that we had, um, I've never seen, you know, more younger fa That's faces great. today than I have in the last eight, ten years. And... Um, I think that's important. I think it's important, like, when you have somebody who's in a leadership position uh, to send that elevator back down and yes. bring somebody up yes. with you. You have yes. to have somebody that's going to be able to carry that torch. And I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people are probably uh, disgruntled with uh, with the politics going on, because, you know, I keep hearing, like, changing of the guard. Um, it's, you know, you have the, especially from the Democratic side of it, uh, the Democratic Party side of it, you have, like, the progressives, but then you also have what people call the establishment. And I think it's important that, you know, solidarity is everyone coming together yes and so that's what i try and make very important with our union is like you know we have all these different political beliefs but at the end of the day we have to come together and decide what's best for us as workers um and so one of the things that we just started this is our third time doing it we have a vote pack conference our first one we had was in 2015 and we had um uh, the honorable nina turner she came in uh, she flew in from ohio and she just raised the roof she was talking about the benefit of unions um, that if you pay taxes you should be part of a union because you can't just say oh I don't want to get involved in, in politics if that's not my cup of tea but if you pay taxes you should be caring about what's going on um, with everyday politics and so she was amazing and then we also had um, two uh, we ha what we do is with our conferences we have it every other year so we have it close mm -hmm. to when elections are happening mm -hmm. um, the one we had in 2017 we had uh, representative Joaquin Castro come in mm -hmm. and he was very Informative, and he was talking about the important, uh, the importance and the need for people to go to their neighborhoods and go to the communities and get people involved with the voting process. And so I think that's what my. Um, stance is going to be coming up this election because um, in 2018 we had some elections that were just so close. Sure. Um, we had Gina Ortiz Jones who almost beat you know uh, Representative Hurd and now he just announced his retirement. I mean she barely lost by 920 something votes and so we had I mean Beto O'Rourke and Ted Cruz it was like less than 2.5 vote uh, percentage points that he lost so we have those elections that and the reason why I'm saying these names is because these are people that we We've had in the past that are supportive of unions and so again it's not you know which party I'm gonna go with right I'm not going there because that's not what I'm about I'm about who's the public official that's gonna stand up in front of my union members and say I stand with you on these issues and that's how we get your support nothing else and so November 2nd we're having our our third annual vote pack conference um, it's gonna be on a Saturday November 2nd from 9 to 3 and again uh, we our union members love Nina Turner so we're bringing her back and then in the afternoon, we have a panel that's going to be completely focused on Battleground Texas 2020 because of the fact that, you know, we're so close. We're right there to getting um, public officials that are going to be representing us. We have MJ Hagar, who's going to be in attendance. She's going to be on the panel. Um, we also have Mike Siegel, who was running for uh, District 10, and he was another one that was a very close race. So I wanted to make sure that we brought back those public officials that won, the, that almost won those votes. And we want to see if we can put them over because they're running again.
again, and that's important to us. That's that's really insightful about the political importance of unions. Uh, Jackie, what are your thoughts? You've seen over time as a historian how unions have adjusted to different generations in terms of their diversity, in terms of the workplace. What do you think? Well, I am hopeful that we have a new economy now, right? I mean, we have a more service-based economy, um, and we have more women uh, in the workplace. The workplaces are more diverse now. And so that is reflected, I think, in the union movement, and that's very hopeful. Um, It is uh, a concern about the forces arrayed against unions. They're very powerful. They're not democratic. And they really do uh, worry about the bottom line and feel that as advocates for working people, unions are a problem for them. Uh, And I I am aware of this recent statement by uh, companies, you know, oh, the shareholders should not be our only concern anymore. But that's kind of baked in to corporations in this country. Uh, Cut production costs. Well, what is the best way to do that? Usually it's either to take the um, factory or uh, overseas or else uh, mechanize, get rid of workers, cut their wages. So there is a kind of perverse logic to um, this degradation, this race to the bottom when it comes to workers. On the other hand, I think, um, you know, unions are really the key to democracy, to um, the fight against poverty, to a truly democratic country. Mm-hmm. Zachary, do you think that's a, that's a message that, that can get across to young people? I, I think so. And I think the way to do it is to make, uh, to, make to, to, to show how innovative in, uh uh, unions are as institutions, because I think part of the problem is that today unions are seen as very stagnant and and almost old institutions sure. filled with old people who are not like who are not who are not as vibrant as the populations that uh, that that are growing up in our country. And I think that's something that that's a, that's a stereotype that that unions and educators need to try. And that's why we need young leaders like Yvonne, right? (laughs) I am not young, but I appreciate that you're saying that. But I wanted to tell you real quick, one of the really energized organizations that are going on right now locally is called Y'all. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of them, but... I've heard the statement. It's it's Young Activist Labor Leaders. Oh, wow. um, And it's a great organization. They have an annual conference uh, every February. Um, uh, I attended it this past February. Greg Kassar was there. They had the Ask Me President from Colorado fly in, and they had amazing workshops. But I'm telling you guys... It's pretty powerful. There's like a room of at least, you know, 200, 300 attendees, and they're all in their 30s. And it's a great feeling. It's a beautiful thing to see. But um, that's what I'm pushing. I'm I'm just like, people have to care about what's going on. Um, And I think that's what I'm saying. There has to be a connection with the, the younger generation here and now. And I see it. I see it at our meetings. And I see it at the rallies. And also at the marches that we go to. And it's it's a positive for me. It's definitely a positive. Because you hit it right on the nail. I want to connect with somebody that I see that yes. looks like me. Yes. So yes, I want to see women. Yes, I want to see minorities. And yes, I want to see, you know, you know, the young the young people showing up on the streets. And if and young people it. want control of their workplaces, whether they're tech entrepreneurs or fast food workers, they need to go out and take ownership of these institutions. These unions are their, their life raft. And I've seen them ways. speak and they're very vocal. And that's the part to me that democracy is important because it brings everyone together 
you know, we're bigger in numbers and solidarity, but it's the fact that they're holding the person in front of them with accountability. Yep. And that's what democracy is all about, really. You either do your job or elections have consequences, you know? Well, I think that's a perfect note for us to close on. Before we close, however, since we are discussing uh, this week in particular unions and uh, respect for workers, uh, Zachary and I want to make sure that we thank all of the people who make it possible each week for us to put on this podcast. Uh, so, Zachary, do you want to kick us off? Maybe you do yeah, the first so, two names. So here's the our current audio engineering staff, uh, Brittany Marsh and uh, Jared Marsh. Marswatch. <laughs> and then we have a, a longer list of many other uh, full-time staff members, some of whom are also students, uh, who help us uh, week in and week out. Uh, certainly at the top of that list is Jacob Weiss. Uh, Jacob is actually the person who oversees a lot of what we do and trains a lot of people. Uh, we couldn't do this without Jacob. Also, Will Kirstner. Will Kirstner also helps with my online course. Zachary, you want to name a few others? Yeah, we have Sophia Salter, Noah Keller, Kaya Daniel, Lydia Fortuna. Uh, and then we have Evan Herrera and uh, oh, Ian Herrera, excuse me, and Evan Shearer. Uh, thank you. Uh, we know how, how important your work is to us. And uh, even though you refuse to have your voices heard on the podcast, we want everyone to know that you are uh, essential to everything we do. And we are grateful for all of your hard work. Thank Very you appreciative. For, thank you, guys. Thank, thank you. you. This is great. Thank you for being with us and uh, discussing unions and why they're so important for our democracy today. This Power is to democracy. The Power to the people. Thank you. <laughs> this podcast is produced by the Liberal Arts Development Studio and the College of Liberal Arts at the University of Texas at Austin. The music in this episode was written and recorded by Harrison Lemke, and you can find his music at harrisonlemke.com. Subscribe and stay tuned for a new episode every Thursday featuring new perspectives on democracy. 